Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5x2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For this episode, we're going to be talking with Allie Lucan as we discuss the compelling community as part of our Vision 28 to grow younger and deeper in Christ. So Allie, thank you for uh, joining us today. Can you just get us started by uh, just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Allie. I grew up in Columbus, Indiana. I went to elementary school, middle school, high school here. I went to Columbus North. I grew up playing just about every sport, but when I got to high school, I played tennis was my main sport, but I also played golf and then was a cheerleader. But I continued to play tennis in college, went to the University of Indianapolis and spent four years there. I loved it there. I loved the team atmosphere that we had on our tennis team. And then after that, I actually majored in information systems, which is like a business technology sort of things. After college, I had a job in as a business analyst in information systems for about three years. And I worked in Indianapolis and lived in Indianapolis. And then I came back. Well, I met David when I was still living in Indianapolis, my husband. Through all that, kind of with the career stuff, I decided it wasn't for me. So while I was working, I went back to school and did a transition to teaching program. So now I'm a fifth grade teacher here in Columbus. But along the way, I met David and he obviously grew up in Columbus, so we eventually moved back here, and he works here, and I teach here, and we love it, so All right. home bodies. Well, I'm going to throw in right away something that might embarrass you. Is Allie short for anything? Yeah, Allison, Allison. which nobody ever calls me that, so I'm kind of just like, not why even, did you even name me that in the first place? Not even your mom ever called you Allison? Rarely. When, I mean, when she was mad? Yeah, and that was... And then she'd say your whole name with the middle name. Yeah, too. even with the middle name, but okay. that's about it. So, like the transition thing... How many classes was that to transition? Because information science is to fifth grade teacher. That's a little bit of a jump. Yeah, it's a big difference. So there's quite a few universities like that do an online transition to teaching. So all the courses are online, digital. And so I kind of was doing that while I was still working to like help pay for that and to help, I guess, be prepared for what I what I need to know when I'm starting teaching. So that was just a decision I decided to make and just went with it. So kind of what led you into that idea to teach? Was it that you couldn't find a job in information science in Columbus or? No, no, I would have been fine finding a job. It was more just I wasn't passionate about it. I felt like I needed to do something that was more me, that was more interesting to me. I was kind of just like going through the motions with it and I wanted to do something I felt more purpose towards. And my mom's a teacher, like my grandma's a teacher. So I grew up around teaching. I always like, was like, I never, I'm never going to be a teacher. I, I just want to be out of the school routine. And then here I am like, oh, you get your summers off. It's a great job if you're a mom and the hours. And it's also just like, I'm a creative person. So you, you can use your creativity a lot more with teaching. And I just want to do something more. That's, that I that's felt great. my purpose. Well, and we've talked before to some teachers and teachers are a very important part of our whole culture as, as kids have to face so many different things in the world. They need those loving, caring people that are in the classroom with them. So uh, let me go back and ask you another question. So you went to Columbus North, mm-hmm. and David went to Columbus North, yeah. but you never kind of were together or knew each other? Did you know each other in um, high school? We knew of each other, but he's four years older, so he was out of high school right when I got into high school, so we weren't like friends in high school or anything. But like I said, I, I played golf in high school, so I played golf with his sister, Katie, we were on the team together. And so like I knew of his family and I knew his parents and obviously his sisters. But it wasn't until our two younger sisters, so my 
younger sister, Aubrey, and his youngest sister, Julia, they also played golf together at Columbus North. And so one, David and I were both at watching their golf meet there. I think it was like their juniors or senior year. And then afterwards, through our sisters, he got my phone number and asked me on a date. So it was nice to know. Like I knew he was a good guy. I knew his family. But it wasn't until after even college that we started dating. So I've got to ask a question in memory, not that he's gone from the world, but he's gone from our podcast. Dean O'Neill mm-hmm. used to be our, our our sound engineer. He would have to ask this question. What's your favorite golf course? Oh, man. Well, I do, even though this is bias, I mean, this is the course we played every day, every meet, but Harrison Lake. But if I had to choose outside of that, probably the Legends was like, and I don't even know if that's still what it's called today, but it was up in Greenwood. It's where like the state tournament was held. And so like, you know, you knew if you were playing there, it was like big stakes and you you had made it. So I guess I could, I would say that one might be my favorite too. And so uh, let me back up a little bit. Allie, you did not grow up in a church setting. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. I mean, we were believers, but we didn't go to church regularly at all. Okay. And so kind of that when you and David got married, kind of David said, do you want to go to my church or did you guys look around for a while? Mm. We didn't, I wouldn't say we looked around. It was kind of just, he had been living in Columbus and had been still going to St. Peter's. And so um, when I was here in Columbus visiting him, we would just go to St. Peter's. We honestly didn't really have like a big discussion about it. It was just since I didn't have like a church that I called my home, I just kind of joined in with him, the one that he called home. So that's kind of just where where it all began, I guess, following him. Well, to keep the analogy, I'm, I'm just teeing this up for later on, <laughs> and later on we'll dig into this. What we're going to be talking about today is, is compelling community. And in the last couple episodes, uh, we've been talking about the Vision 28, which is to grow younger and grow deeper. And we've been asking people what they feel about that. And then going into each of the most, uh, in the next couple podcasts, we're going to go into each of the motivations that we have that match up with that. And the motivation we're talking about is compelling community. But before we get into compelling the community. Thinking back to the Vision 28, Allie, and you were involved in, as I remember, you were involved in the call committee to bring Pastor Rodriguez on. Is that right? Right. Yeah. And that was a really cool experience to be part of. And there, obviously, we're growing younger by having, you know, our senior pastor and uh, our associate pastor, both younger than than we've had pastors for a while. Remember, it's lead pastor, George. Yeah, yeah, lead pastor. Sorry. Uh, Those of us that are old, we we got used to certain terms. Yeah. So our lead pastor and our associate pastor are both younger. Thinking about growing younger and deeper, when you hear those expressions, what does that mean to you? It makes me excited when we kind of sat in. And Pastor John kind of spelled out what his vision was for the future. Both David and I got excited, but especially me being a little more selfish, just helping me grow in my faith journey. I think this vision will really kind of continue that. And and conti- I mean, I'm still like just starting out. So like, I think the growing deeper is going to help me feel that connection that I think I was missing in the very beginning when I was one, just started coming to church with David and then to just kind of getting used to what what it's all about. So it makes me really excited for the future for myself, but also for our son Creighton. And I think the growing younger is like especially important to young families because it's not only like the parents, the adults feel like they have a place in the church that they can connect to and relate to and apply the things they're learning in their own life, but also 
the kids. So it's it makes me excited that Creighton will have somewhere to like grow up in a place that activities and things he's learning about are targeted towards him. So in one word, excited. All right. So excited. And now you, you mentioned Creighton. How old is Creighton now? Creighton is almost nine months. Almost nine months. Yeah. And you have a unique spelling for that. Where's that come from? And so it starts with a K where most of us might think about the Creighton University. It starts with a C. Right. We... I don't know why, but I just really liked, like, I wanted a K name, and there's no real specific reason. So when we kind of were talking through names, most of the options were Ks, and then Creighton was on our list, and obviously the, the universities with the C, I'm like, well, what if we just change it to a K, and we both loved it, so... We just we both like kind of unique names. Well, so. good. Well, there's a lot of people doing unique things with names. I think you know. I think back to like with our kids, we had some unique names for our kids because I never wanted to name any of my kids after any of my students that were in the classroom. Oh yeah, yeah. And so you get different names. That limits it because it limits it, right? You know, especially like a high school. I was a high school teacher, and so I had you know 20 different kids every period. Where you probably have the same kids all day long. Right. But when you get to those unique names, they could never find that bracelet or that oh, uh, yeah, keychain. Right. With their name on it when you went to get souvenirs. Mm -hmm. Let's go into the next thing. The compelling community is one of our motivations for what we're doing, one of our motives. Uh, when I say the word compelling community, what does that mean to you? Uh, it makes me think of like just a group of people surrounding you that are loving, supportive, accept you for who you are, not trying to change you, but also people who are going to motivate you and encourage you to grow and be better and compelling community like the first person I think of is David my husband just because he's had such an impact on my faith journey and so just somebody who's gonna kind of make you better almost and be be a leader in your life and always support you no matter what how have you experienced that compelling community here at St. Peter's have you felt that yeah I felt that uh in a couple different ways First one would be kind of the first thing I was technically, I guess, involved with. It. David coaches basketball here at St. Peter's. And the community with the, just the basketball team and the parents going to, like, the state tournament and the national tournament, just meeting families through that, that kind of was my first involvement in, like, a community through the church. So that has been nice to have that, especially when I was first we first started dating. Then eventually we kind of found a, a nice small group where we, we share interests with other couples that are kind of have the same interests and hobbies and background as us. So the small groups has been nice to not only just hang out with each other, but also grow in our faith. The most recent thing was the call committee that David and I were a part of, which was a cool experience to be involved in that way and help have a say in who our next pastor is going to be. So that was also a cool way to get involved and really have that compelling community aspect. So you said groups, and that's where Dustin needs to chime in. Yeah, no. Well, I, what I thought was cool, though, is, you know, where Pastor John just had the message this past weekend talking about, you know, moving forward groups and that being a big part of compelling community. But you kind of mentioned the sports, the sports team that David's coaching, you know, the, the girls basketball team. It's kind of that first entry point where I, I just think that's kind of cool that it wasn't it, it was more of a natural organic mm -hmm. thing that just kind of happened, I, I assume. And so mm -hmm. I think it's just cool that in those different areas, it doesn't have to groups, I think are important. And like you, you mentioned, that was kind of a next step, but I think it's cool that it was more of a natural organic thing where we just equip people, encourage people to be, be that loving, caring person, no matter what area of life, whatever arena they're in to just make people feel welcome. So I just think that's 
That's really cool. But yeah, groups, obviously, George, Pastor Adam, and I are working on that and you know, looking forward to some announcements and stuff coming here later this spring and in the fall. So as we're talking about this compelling community and George, if, if you need to chime in, because I know you were talking about earlier, if there's some sort of connection I'm missing, make sure you let me know. But what are some areas or what are some things we could do better? Because we're always looking to improve and, and things like that to be more compelling or to create more opportunities to connect people? I feel like there's changes already happening that I've noticed. But to be honest, in the beginning, when I first kind of started joining St. Peter's, and this was when Dave and I first started dating, so quite a while ago, but I had trouble like connecting with the message almost like pretty much things were like way over my head. And so obviously not having a church background and not being familiar with scripture and that sort of stuff, I, I was leaving church and not feeling like that I got much out of it, honestly. So I think the big thing that I've noticed already is just like the message is more relatable and like things that I can take away and like apply in my life that day and that week. And just it's it's helped me kind of grow my faith in that I'm, I guess, understanding what what it is I want to be better at outside of church, at school, at home. So I think that's that was the big thing for me, just being able to relate and connect with what's being said, whether that's the message or whether that's communicating with people in the church and being able to feel like I I know what I'm talking about. And then also like the night of praise has been awesome. Just that sort of atmosphere and just having events that anybody could come to and anybody could feel comfortable being at. Just the little things like the night of praise, the -the glow-in-the-dark Easter egg hunt that's happening soon. Um, Those are things that I appreciate that we have and that we can um, invite people in who might not be confident with their background. Now I'm going to take a little side trip, and this is not to offend anybody, but just to kind of give everyone a nudge. David's been here a long time, and he probably when you guys walk in, people say hi to David and not to you. Is that something that you've experienced? Yeah, yeah, and that's n- there's obviously nothing wrong with that, but it, that I think that was part of it. It felt like it was like his thing, and I wanted to feel like it was also not like it's a competition, but like I wanted to felt like feel like I belong to and that it wasn't just me always following in his footsteps and that's something I'm still working on like just I'm first of all I'm not a very like extroverted person in the first place but just kind of finding my own footing here and getting involved on my own and not just always following everything he's doing and and yeah we're going to be talking more about that in a future episode about reaching the one and a lot of the reaching the one is just knowing people personally to be able to use their name and so i just want to encourage all of our listeners as you're greeting people uh, you know say hi to the folks that you don't know you know make sure that i think uh, one of the things those of us that work here at church have found out is that people know us but they don't know our spouse Mm -hmm. and so if you see you know and maybe some of you may not even recognize uh you know jill carter pastor carter's wife or melissa cordray or kyla rodriguez now kyla works you know more in an upfront thing with the kids but you know if you see those folks at least to say hi even if you don't know a name uh, I think it's key when we start talking about compelling community. We want everybody to feel like they are and welcome and part of our family. I want to bring back a, a, a thing I was thinking about earlier. During COVID, you and David joined me occasionally for the online Bible class mm-hmm. I was doing. Were you teaching during COVID? Yeah, we were doing a virtual. So I think that's when we were like e-learning. So we were technically working from home, but we had our classes online through Google Meets um, and zoom calls and then posting things online and so i know that was kind of a necessary thing then but as a teacher 
Is that your preferred method, or what do you find about the community of your of your schoolroom? Yeah, definitely prefer in person, not only for the teachers, but especially for the kids. Like, you could tell when we came back from being virtual, just, like, socialization, they needed it, just, like, the, the friendship part of school, which is usually the kids' favorite part of school, just being around their friends and having conversations with adults even because sometimes the kids at home, like, parents are working, so they're they're not having that communication that that they need. So the community in the classroom is extremely important, and, and you, you notice that there was a lack of that for a couple years, but I think it's starting to build back up, um, which is great to see much needed. Well, and I think the same thing can be held, you know, for the adults in church is that like that time, some people love to worship at home, but like I think as you really dig into it, people desire community and that compelling community is what we want to make sure people feel here that they can come to St. Peter's and feel like they are part of our family and that they've got friends that they can talk, they can build those relationships. So in in, uh, in the small group that you're in, obviously there's some Bible study involved there. How has being a part of a, a Bible community, a biblical community, uh, helped you to grow in your faith or in your personal life? Yeah, I think just being around people that have the same values of you as you is is something in itself and there's a there's a few people kind of in our group that are similar situations where their spouse grew up in the church or is particularly St. Peter's and then the other spouse is they have somewhat of a church background but it's still new to them so it's nice that we can all kind of relate to each other in that way and and just have a positive influence on studying the Bible and having conversations that we might not have with just our regular old friends who aren't in our small group. But it's also helped me kind of independently on my faith journey and be more confident in my things that I'm learning and questions that I'm having and just taking initiative and praying on my own. Just being around those people who have the same intentions and values has helped me in my own independent faith journey as well. And none of those people in your group are judging you, but they're walking alongside you and they're caring about your growth. Exactly. Yeah. And just that sense of hope and relief and that there's somebody out there looking out for you. It's just, it's nice to have that. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know if you want to call it the tagline or whatever that goes along with compelling community where it's the making space for people where the gospel is shared and revealed through real life. And I think that just really hits like the, the small group that you're talking about there is it's talking about the gospel. We're talking about the Bible, but then we're talking about, like you mentioned the application, like how does this apply um, in my everyday life? So I think that's, you know, that's just really cool to hear. So if someone isn't, you know, they're like, ah, I'm not so sure about getting involved with, with a biblical community, how would you encourage them? Or what are, what are some things you might say, Hey, this, this, these are the benefits or yeah, however, however you want to answer that. Yeah, I would say my biggest thing is you don't have to know everything to get started. And I think that's something that sometimes I still even struggle with. Like you don't have to know everything about the Bible and everything about every single scripture. Just getting started in a small way is is a way to get your foot in the door and become more confident and start learning. So that could be something like joining a small group or just attending like a night of praise event or uh, any sort of church event. Um, Something that might seem small, like you're going to start meeting people and then you're going to start the 
coming to more events and then you'll start learning more and then start applying it in your life. So just, I think, start somewhere, even if it doesn't seem like a big deal. You don't have to know everything. Just go and, I don't know, go with it. Just go and do it. Just yeah, do just it. just do it. Just do it. So with that, and, and I'm going to phrase this question. I'm going to do a Dustin. I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to give it to Dustin first and then come back to you. Uh-oh. So as you're thinking about a leader the person that, I don't know who, if your group has a leader that's in charge of it, or even the participants, if you're a participant or leader and you've been a member of a congregation, you've been a believer for a long time, how do you avoid alienating somebody that's new to the faith? Dustin, you want to kind of respond to that? You do some leader training. So in terms of, you're saying like if somebody in your group or... or Somebody in your group is new to the faith and, you know, you, you don't want to offend them or you don't want to overpower them or... Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just important that that as a leader or whoever the leader of of a group is, is just aware of that. And honestly, it may be changing the discussion for for that evening or morning or whenever whenever you're meeting. I think it's just being aware of that. And something that really stuck out to me that you said, Allie, is when you're talking about the the sermons or the messages, that that lately it's been like things that you feel like it's relatable to you, um, where you can apply it. And I think it's the way I kind of think of that is kind of meeting people where they're at. And so I think it's just being aware of that circumstance and, and just being aware of that and making sure, Hey, where you're at is okay. Like you said, mm-hmm. you, people, you don't need to come in and know everything. And I think making that very clear from the start and saying it's okay. Like we want to create a safe place to be able to ask questions. And that's really what I think we want to do with groups ministry moving forward, whether it's connect groups or discipleship groups, or whatever is to create that safe place to ask questions, to learn, to grow. Because as Ali was saying, it's a process, and that's mm-hmm. okay. That's a, it's that's part of it. Discipleship is that an ongoing process, and so it's just taking step step by step by step. Um, so I think that's just important for the leaders to to be aware of that and make the rest of the group aware of that. And you know, if it's starting to go like. I think it's just being aware of people and making sure to include them. And I think that sometimes takes a little bit of awareness, a little bit of skill, like to say, hey, and it takes time just to to make sure that you're involving them and it may be completely changing what you were going to, like if it's like you weren't expecting that person to be there that night, it might be scrapping what your plan was and you're doing something completely Mm -hmm. different and that's okay. Anything you want to add to that, Allie? I think you answered that great. Like, yeah, you might have to change the discussion topic or questions, but also just that that person. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big listener. Like, I I listen and think a lot before I speak. But just even if you are new, just even being there and just listening to the conversation, you're learning and you're kind of absorbing, and you don't have to feel like you have to chime in and talk about every single topic or every single question just being there and listening and being exposed to the conversation is is enough in my opinion yeah i think that's a great point of yeah making sure you're not putting that person on the spot yeah Yeah. (laughs) because i'm the same way like if i'm going it's like i just kind of want to sit here and you know absorb everything that's Mm -hmm. going on it's like don't put me on the spot unless i you know really want to to Mm -hmm. chime in but i yeah absolutely i think that's a very important point of like making sure that yes, you're involving them, but don't put them in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's again a lot of us that are from the teaching world. We forget <laughs> about that, you know, because we want our students all to be involved in a conversation. We're asking questions, but you know, in a in a group setting like that, everyone should be able to have a chance to sit back and listen and process. And not everybody is like me that just talks without thinking. You know, <laughs> there are a lot more people like Dustin and Allie. I think she just said that let us sit back and process. And just because they're not speaking doesn't mean they're not engaged, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, you know, again, uh, as we're going through this, some of us that are lifelong members of the church seem to forget that other people don't have the experience we do. And so we need to be gentle. You know, um, one of the things that if you refer to a, a Bible passage, you know, not everybody have maybe memorized that as their part of the confirmation. So, you know, again, walking besides people where they're at is important. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we, we talked about, again, this Pastor John in the message talked about a, a verse from First Thessalonians, I believe it was, you know, where we cared for you, we shared not only the gospel, but our lives as well. And sometimes it starts with that sharing your lives first, and that's sharing the gospel through deed and those actions to build that trust, build that relation relationship, then being able to share the gospel. You kind of, through that building that relationship, the Spirit opens that, that door for you. Um, so I think keeping that that in mind too is that just the, the sharing life and just being there for people, genuinely caring for them. I know we talk a lot about how do how do we make people feel welcome here at St. Peter's, and that's so important. But I think sometimes we need to make sure we also think about how are we doing that out in the community, and because you know in today's day and age there there might be certain reasons, and we can get into all that at a different time that maybe people don't feel like they can step into a church, and so how do we go out? How do we be on mission? And I think in our lives, as Sarah and I have experienced as being foster parents and trying to help the kids and their families feel welcome and help them to feel like they belong here at St. Peter's, here in the kingdom of God, it's it's been not just like it's been so much more the village we call it. You know, it, it takes the village that's kind of a foster care thing it takes a village to raise a child where it's been those people around us it's been that community again coming back to the sermon of pastor john mentioned the the verse of jesus says they will know your disciples by your love for one another and having that community of people to come around these families that's where where god has been working through that and doing amazing things so i think that's important as we think about Yes, here in the building of St. Peter's, but how do we create that compelling community to go out into the community of Columbus also to build those relationships and to share the gospel through word and deed there too. So, I want to give just one more other word of advice for those of us that are insiders in the Lutheran community. We have been ingrained about filling in the blanks, you know, so we want to know the facts. We want to know the details. Most of us are not always good at what Allie says is important to her, applying it to our life, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's a there's a great value in, in knowing Scripture, but there's a, a more important thing is what does this mean for my life? And so that's, again, in our groups, we're trying to get people to actually say, all right, you can fill in the blanks, but ultimately what's God saying to you? What are you going to do about it? Where does this apply to your life? How are you going to live this out? And I think that's where that all of us, no matter how long we've been in a church, need to go deeper into God's Word and say, God, how do you want me to live this out? What does it mean for tomorrow? You know, I don't need to know all the different kings of, of Israel and how many years they reigned, but what does that mean for me in terms of living out my life? How am I going to make a difference in the, the world that I'm in? Allie, I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there anything else, if you don't have anything, that's okay, but is there any other thoughts or anything you want to leave people with? 
I would say like these changes that we're talking about in the compelling community, like it's something that I've, I've already seen. I mean, being part of St. Peter's not super long. Um, I've already seen changes just from my time here. And, and it is becoming more welcoming to people like me who didn't have a huge church background, don't know a whole lot coming in. The changes are positive, And I think Pastor John, Pastor Adam, Pastor Tim are doing an awesome job creating that compelling community. Overall, like I, I'm just really excited where St. Peter's going for our family, Creighton growing up here. So I'm looking forward to seeing the continued positive changes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and just being so open about your faith journey. I just think that is so important that we continue to have those types of discussions because just being real, being honest and authentic, because the thing is, is I don't want to speak for George, but I think I can hear and say like, we don't, George and I, like we work at the church, all of us, we, none of us have it figured out completely. It's, it's a process and we need to learn from one another and hear each other's stories. And so just thank you for, for being open and, and sharing that today. George, any, any closing thoughts before we, we wrap it up? Yeah, I, I can back up what Dustin just said. None of us have arrived. Until we're in heaven, we can all improve in, in our faith walk. And again, my challenge is one I mentioned is as a longtime Lutheran. It's to get beyond just the knowledge. How, what does this mean for how am I going to live this out? So Awesome. Thanks again, Allie. Um, and we look forward to um, continuing these discussions and uh, the motives that we'll continue here in these uh, next few episodes. Now, go out and serve God and others.